Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Thursday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, myself, with you here until noon. Thanks for joining us here, at least for some of your morning, as we talk sports with you on this, the first day of the best month on the sports calendar, uh, the first day of October. Plenty of baseball conversation coming up on the program, some football conversation, some basketball conversation. Got uh, three of the four majors covered. Hockey's over. What It is? Yeah. I didn't even know, Trent. Anyways. Yeah, you won uh, $800 in fake money over I at Mediacom did. with that. Yeah, well, I thought Tampa was a lock, and it was a little closer than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we'll get into the uh, baseball just in a... I thought if... Um, even though my I, I did have a team in the fight, I knew they really weren't long for the fight uh, in the Blue Jays. Uh, but watching the Twins again, um, I mean, it's... I, I don't know how you lose 18 you straight in the postseason. You know, it's stupid. It's idiotic. It, it, there is no explanation. There isn't. I had people on Twitter asking me yesterday and today, other Twins fans. I had phone calls this morning asking who you, how you are. I was, uh, blood pressure wasn't doing well yesterday. No. I was, I was pissed off. Mm-hmm. And frustration. What, 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 what was the worst part of it? Because I know if I was you, what would have pissed me off the most? The ineptitude early, again, yeah. bases loaded, and yeah. all right, we're going to have a guy making his major league debut at the plate. Kirilov's a nice prospect. Mm-hmm. He'll be, I'm sure, a very nice offensive player, but that's what you get to because you're the Twins and Byron right. Buxton is hurt again. Which so. is just, I mean, he came to the park and, Trent, this is an elimination game. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he was hurt. I don't know if he's sick. I don't know what's wrong with him. Any other sport, Buxton's in the lineup. Yeah. They need their – is he the best center fielder in the American League? Defensively, he's better than Kiermaier. I think he is. And I think Kiermaier was really good. And I think it's pretty significant. I, I think and it They is, are a completely different team defensively out there. And he can run like a deer for yeah. crying out loud, Trent. And he I, – I, I'm not well enough to play today. And then he gets caught in a rundown. Yeah. But that wasn't the worst part to me. The selfish move by Rosario, and it was uh, yeah. an awful call. Trent, if this is game 41 on May the 14th mm-hmm. or whatever, get say ejected. your piece, yep. get ejected. You know what? You can come back and you play tomorrow. There's no tomorrow. Oh, right. Now, would he have made a difference in the game? I don't know. He but- came up. The, his spot came up a couple of different times. That Absolutely. would have mattered later in the game, but that's you what you also get with any Rosario. get yourself run in that spot. You just can't. An elimination game. Uh, the guy that's beside you normally couldn't answer the bell. He's mm-hmm. not feeling well. Uh, you're in left field. They need you in left field, and you, he's had some big. Uh, he's had some big, big moments in his Twins career. Now I'm not sure how many more of them are left. Right. You know your team here, man. I don't want to say the window's closed. I don't think it is. Rosario's gone. I think he is. Too. They well, tried to trade Nelson him this offseason. What's that? What about Cruz? I think they're going to re-sign him. 
Well, I think they would like to resign. He him. would like to resign there. He, he has, said, he has, he has said that. Yeah, he has stated multiple times he would like to get though a two year deal. Mm-hmm. I get it. Someone, if it's Universal DH, mm-hmm. someone yes. will offer him two years. No doubt that there will be somebody out there that's going to pay that kind uh-huh. of money for that kind of stick. He's old. Yep. He's he's a risk. What would it be fragile. if they sign him for two more? Forty three at the end of his contract. Yeah, right. Um, he can hit. He's a professional hitter. He we saw it again incredible. yesterday. And I, I told you a year ago when. The first time I really had an opportunity to watch Nelson Cruz. Uh, you, weren't, you didn't know what to expect. Yeah. I, yep. I knew he's a nice player. Yep. But just watching the way he controls his at-bats, the professional nature, as you mentioned there, there's something about that, dude. It just It's fun to watch mm-hmm. guys that are that good at their craft, and yeah. that's what Nelson Cruz is. Regardless of where he's end up, he's going to still be able to swing it as long as mm-hmm. he, he can stay healthy. No Buxton. So you got Jake Caven left. Yep. Kepler in center. And I like Kepler a lot. And Kirilov. Making his major league debut. Uh-huh. First time in baseball history a guy started a game in his major league debut. It's uh-huh. happened twice before. An A's guy, I think it was about 15 I years the ago. The Padres had one maybe yesterday. No. Maybe not. Okay. There was just two others. It was a okay. guy for the A's that never heard of. Know why? He never played again. Never played again in the major Isn't leagues. Was something. a defensive replacement at second base for the A's like 15 years ago. Yeah. Amadisi, here, uh, the speedster for, for Kansas City. He played in the he World Series really five years well, ago. well, by the way. But those are the only two guys. Both those guys came in late the games. Kirloff looked the part. Mm-hmm. Had a nice play defensively. Guy hasn't played in a game in over a year. They didn't something. have minor league baseball. Yeah, of course not. And that's another story. And we got John Bowenkamp coming up. Well, let's mm-hmm. do the BMW Des Moines guest list. Uh, we're going to talk basketball. Sean Devaney from Forbes. He's covered the league for decades. Uh, he will join us. You know, thankfully, Trent, with, as, as much as I was into baseball last night, I was going to forego the Yanks in Cleveland because it was game one of the mm-hmm. NBA. And with the exception of the first, I don't know, seven minutes, seven yeah, and a yeah. half minutes. I thought, you know what? Condon's got a hell of a bet going here. I think he's on to something. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I asked, you know, I brought it up during, are, you, are we out thinking ourselves on this? Are we, are we trying to make something that's just not there? And then Davis gets going crazy, and LeBron is LeBron, and they came back, they, they closed the deficit, took the lead at the end of 12 minutes, and never looked back. So thankfully, the game got out of hand. And 75-30 was the run. 75 Is that 30. what it ended up being? <laughs> what it Holy be. crap. 75-30. They were up, he were up double digits, and I was yes. just licking my chops. So I, I nailed this one. I got <laughs> it. I have this one, and it went the other way. And now it's over. For all intents and purposes, because of Dragic, and it doesn't look like Dragic is going to be able to answer the yeah, bell. Yeah, I've read some stories, Trent, that there has been some guys that have come back from that have been able to go, and apparently he's able to put weight on it. I, I'm with you. Look, if there's Byron Buxton, he's out for the year. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. We know, we know that. We'll see you in 2021. Yeah, we'll see you in 2021. Uh, but we'll see. It does Bam's seem over. banged up. And yeah. the power of the C team is the depth that they have. Mm-hmm. Well, you take away two of those pieces. Mm-hmm. And Hero wasn't awful, but no. he wasn't. He had a bad turnover that really felt like the tide started to. Was turn. it the one that the, the LeBron stole from him? At yeah, one point? yeah, yeah. And, and it felt like all right. It, yeah, I'm with you. Momentum that was part is of that run. If you're a believer in momentum, I know there are plenty of statistical people out there that do not believe in momentum. Mm-hmm. I do. I'm still a sports fan that believes in that, and it felt bad for there. What can the Heat do? Health, one part of it. They got to get more though out of Kelly Olynyk. Yeah. I, He's an athletic body that can go mm-hmm. out there and at least do something against Davis. They mm-hmm. got to have guys like that that step up, and then they got to shoot ridiculous. I mean, they're going to have to hit fifteen to eighteen threes a game 
to find a way to win four. That's a hell of a one-two punch, Trent Conn, yes, Davis and, uh, and LeBron. Anyway, so one nothing for the Lakers. So Kershavall in, in about 15 minutes on, on the NBA and what we can expect going forward. It's, it's Thursday. That means Lee Sterling is going to join us. We've got a, a five-pack of games I think he wants to go over. We'll do that with Lee Sterling. John Bowen Camp for a number of reasons. A, covers the Hawks. We'll do a piece on what's been going on is there now in pads. B, he's a Dodger fan, and he can help us out with the Dodgers mm-hmm. who look as though they're going to stroll uh, into the next round of the playoffs. And, and he also covers minor league baseball, Burlington, etc. And minor league baseball and, the, and, and major league baseball, their agreement ended yesterday, the 30th of September. Look, it's not going to affect us in downtown Des Moines. Right. The I-Cubs are, are, are fine. Uh, they're not going anywhere. But Clinton, Iowa, but Burlington, Iowa, but towns like that sprinkled out through Pawtucket. I mean, big minor league towns that have been a staple of of that community for decades. Their future's in doubt. Their future's in limbo. So I want to pick his brain on what he thinks. Yeah, that's good. I'm excited to do that. Back to baseball. You mentioned Rosario. Oh, and then, uh, what the, oh, Ben Kirchival. And Ben Kirchival, yeah. Talking college football to, to wrap things up before we get out of here. I probably will ask him one XFL because he covers that for CBS Sports. <laughs> I don't want to, but it's his... It's, it is part of his... Yeah, yeah he did that beat. He did right. the... He was the main guy for the, the XFL. before that. The Alliance yes, of American right, Football, right? So yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll get that. But plenty of college well, football. Just because with there's news on the air, there is. Uh, yeah. yeah, that they're going to the XFL is going to try in 2022. They'll never make it. But anyway. so you have been somebody that has been in big favor of RoboUmps. Yes. I hate the idea. It's time, isn't it? I don't think so. You don't. No. And I After was what happened yesterday when I was pissed off about the Rosario. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was at that and, time. And Trent, I know you were concentrating on that game, and I understand. Mm-hmm. This was happening all across baseball yesterday. Well, and and I, I got a point that I want to get to in that here in a Fire moment. Whale, shut up with the, with the Indians Yankees. But all right, so you see the the K zone on ESPN ESPN two broadcast yesterday. There, boy, missed by a lot. Mm-hmm. And then you see a couple of the others. Uh, watch come, any Angel Hernandez game. And a couple of the other models that actually have not a strike zone that is about the range, and that's what ESPN has. This is one that is a st- statistical model for every player, their actual size, and what. The strike zone is supposed to be... So it conforms to their side. Gotcha. It was actually a strike. Was it really? It was a strike. Was it really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. And and all of a sudden... I, nice call, up. Slow down. And then I'm watching the ESPN broadcast and the 3D strike zone that they have. Mm-hmm. And when it just... It grazes the back edge just a millimeter. Mm-hmm. That's a strike. That's it not be. It would strike. be if it was a robot. And I hate that part of it. So do you want the whole ball to have to go through the strike zone? Possibly. Because you see so many of those. And you're watching the game. You said, that's not a strike. That's not close to a strike. And and how much it's going to change the game. Because pitchers are going to realize this. And boy, if I just tick this little corner of the strike zone, I'm going to get a called strike that this guy can't hit. I'm going to throw a slider. It's going to hit the bottom left-hand corner against a right-handed batter. They can't touch that ball, yeah. but it's going to be a cold strike because it crosses and just grazes and gets a stitch of the strike zone. That's the reason I've always hated the idea of robo I and, can understand that, And take. seeing this go further and then seeing, boy, this system, the way they do it with ESPN, looked like it was eight inches high. But another one that actually measures the height of Eddie Rosario and what his strike zone is... Shows that was a strike. Isn't that, now, I didn't see that. Where did you see that? I think Aaron Gleeman had it, Is who, who writes was? for The Athletic. Yeah. To the Yankees-Indians game. Okay. That was about as bad as an umpiring, mm-hmm. statistically, as you can find with the home plate umpire. Mm-hmm. Normally, 
a home plate umpire gets between 97 to 98.5%. And, and they the, all the get graded. Strikes. Yes. Uh, this grading statistical model that I was looking at last night said with a catcher that is good framer, that's Perez for the Indians, and a pitcher that is a bad framer, that's the Yankees with Gary Sanchez, that normally over the course of a game, he should be able to pull three to four strikes mm-hmm. out doing that. In terms of the plus-minus, though, in strikes given, taken away, the Yankees, instead of being minus three or four, were plus eight Jeez. in the game last night. Mm. That is bad work by the umpire. That yeah. umpire last night was 92% mm. in the strikes that he enough. actually called. That it's is awful. Enough. That is absolutely terrible. So then it kind of comes back the other way. There's not a perfect model. Robo-wumps have their issues, I and that's I would seeing somebody behind the catcher, right? That point. I really You would. know, they've worked on that in the minor leagues, and it's just, yeah. it tells them what the call is going to be. It's pure frustration on my part. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when, when you're watching a game and you know damn well that that, how can you miss that? And it's usually Hernandez. Oh, and another <laughs> ump show in Minnesota yesterday. How about the back-to-back missed calls at first base? You know, I didn't see that. I was on another game. I was probably on the Reds and the Braves, yeah. which is a phenomenal baseball game. I, I'm so disappointed I hardly got to see any of it. Oh, that was a good game, Trent. So help me out with that. I saw your tweet yeah. that it was an ump show, and I, and I knew that it wasn't going well for your squad. <laughs> I wasn't pleased. I wasn't happy at that point. No, it was just two plays, at bang-bang plays at first base. But they but were overturned by review, right? They were, but they weren't close. Yeah. It wasn't even bang-bang. It was bang Bang. Is that knowing that, 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 that there is a, a system that can correct your missed call and you got to say something so even if you're wrong, you know it'll eventually be righted? I, I, Do they rely on it? Too much. Maybe. Well, you can still miss it, Don Dankinger. Yeah. Who was the, uh, the guy with the goatee that and the Galarraga perfect game? That oh, got yeah, first uh, base. Uh, West. Yeah. yeah. Was it West? I thought I it was so. uh, regardless, but yeah. no, it wasn't. I know you're you're hundred. You're right. I, it was. Uh, yeah, because West would never apologize. This guy actually yes, apologized and felt yes. terrible about it. Oh god. Anyways, I know the play. Yeah, it was a perfect game, and he uh, he blew the call. Galarraga, perfect it might game. Have been, was it West? No, 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 no. Is a is a veteran umpire. I, I can picture him in my mind. And you're right, he's got Jim to go Jim Joyce. There. there you go. He's the loud strike call. Armando Galarraga. And his career uh, kind of fell apart after. Yeah, it did. Uh, wasn't anyways, very good. But, but guys get it wrong. Um, you're going to get it wrong. It's good to have replay there. There's not a perfect system. And I hate to come on and, and be upset about it from one side and then come back and say they didn't miss it by that much. Mm-hmm. But getting two plays wrong at first base, back-to-back, yeah, that weren't, good. frankly, very close. That's not good. That's not a good uh, one. Speaking of getting it wrong, here's what I want to segue with you with the with the playoffs and the bracket that's in front of it. Should they have reseeded? I mean, everybody's going mm-hmm. to either San Diego or to Dallas, um, right? So it's not like it's a travel deal. You Last minute, you got to try and get hotels. Because here's the thing. Tampa Bay and the Yankees are going to play starting next week. Mm-hmm. That seems like I know that the Tampa didn't win their or that the Yankees didn't win their division because mm-hmm. Tampa did. But we might be we could have a six versus seven for the chance to play in the championship series. Sure, know what I get? Know what I mean? Should we? Should Tampa get the? If it is the White Sox, should they? Should the White Sox have, have been matched up against Tampa? Because that seems like the way we're headed. I mean, Yankees-Tampa should be, at least in my opinion, I think they're the best two teams in the American League. I would have thought 
that prior to the one-two blow that the Padres rotation took, that the Padres and the Dodgers might be the best two teams in the National League. And we're going to get those two teams in a series before we would get to the championship series, the divisional round. I think I I wonder if they're having second thoughts about not receding. I don't think so. I don't think so because it's a 60-game schedule. I mean, the difference, and, and though you believe that the Yankees are better than the best two teams, White Sox had more wins than them. Mm-hmm. Though the White Sox, seeding-wise, are actually worse than them because they, they didn't finish in the top two of their division because of that. And, and I think that that's part of the reason here. It was a cockamating system. I don't like the way that they seeded this initially anyway, where automatically, regardless of how many wins you had, Say the White Sox, Twins, and, and Indians all won 40 games. One of them was going to be the seventh seed. Mm-hmm. That's not right either, the way that you set it up here. So because of that, I like the brackets. I just like brackets in general. And you play it off. And all right, this is the way we seed it. You know it coming in. And they're not all, remember, going to the same uh, places this round. It'll they're be not. San Diego and L.A., two different places there. And it'll be Texas and Houston, uh, Arlington and, and Houston, for the two in the National League. Okay. Well, I stand correct. It's same uh, same state, just not one, right. one city until the uh, championship. Until the championship. But still, it's not yeah. like you're, you know, you know you're going to. I don't know. I, I just think it's kind of a um, competitive disadvantage in some respects. Yeah, the White Sox won a pile of games. Mm-hmm. But I would rather have seen, well, I hope the White Sox advance. We get them in the championship. Well, it's just series. because it's the Yankees. If it was any other team but the Yankees that had the same record to the same thing to the Indians here, I don't think we're having the conversation. It's because of the pedigree that comes along with being the New York Yankees that leads to that. I, I still, watching this race team, you probably saw them a lot more than I did. How no, are they I good? I really didn't. How are they? I just, I know Glass now is a nice pitcher mm-hmm. and good numbers, and we talked about him yesterday. You look at some of the arms, okay, I know that guy. Yeah. But then you look at up and down that lineup, and it's just a bunch well, of Well, I'm a Charlie what? Morton fan, and as you know, and yeah, still at I, the top of that rotation. There's guys like that. Yeah. But there's more guys than not that you say, who? Well, it's tough and to you, watch Tampa. I mean, even if when they're good, it's tough to watch Tampa, is. right? Terrible uh, environment, yes. bad ballpark. Trent, I, I, I've never seen a baseball game there. I've seen two NHL games in that building. Oh, really? That's where the Lightning played when they yeah. first came into the league. I, I mean, remember, putting, yeah. Yeah, putting a hockey rink in the middle of that thing. I saw them play twice there. It's just it's just a cavern. They drew a lot of people in their early, uh, early going. Where Anyways. should they move? Where should, yeah, I know the answer, and they should have done it. They should have, even if it meant splitting this. Montreal needs a team. Do they? Yes. Why? Uh, they would support baseball. Would they? Yes. In a, in a you've been to Olympic Olympic Stadium is I, a complete. I can't use that word. Dump. <laughs> yes. It's a dump, and they're building a stadium in downtown. It's hard to get to Olympic Stadium, mm-hmm. but building building it downtown. I think that there's an appetite for baseball there. It, Trent, before the strike shut down in 94, that was a hell of a baseball town. Oh, no doubt. It really was. They drew well. They had competitive teams. So you're not going to allow another team in Canada. I get that. Um, Vegas? It's too hot. Portland? Maybe you could put a retractable roof there. Arizona's got I one. They just built one. Could you put it uh, at Allegiant? Probably not. I don't want to see well, that. Well, they play baseball at U.S. Bank Stadium. I'm going to guess they'd probably be able to find a way. At the new Raiders stadium. Um, Portland? Eh. We just hear like Charlotte or Raleigh, you know, something like that. Yeah. At least to be a team in the East and you wouldn't have to change the division. That's what I was going to say. Do we need to. They relocate, though, you figure that out. I think it's Montreal. Montreal. They, they've got a natural rival. Do they have the appetite, though? The real appetite. Not the appetite of the, the 10,000 strong that are always talking I think online. There's more than that. 
I think there Montreal's a beautiful city. It yeah. really and truly it's a big city. I mean it's a it's a big city. I have to Not take Toronto your word on big. that one. Well, they had some dudes there, Trent. Look at the guys that came through Montreal yeah. for God's sakes. That ninety four team. Yeah. Ridiculous. I would I would like to see them get now again it's probably my Canadian showing uh in some respects. Uh first baseball game I ever saw live was in Olympic Stadium. Um, I don't know. Yeah, We shall see. All right, a lot of ground to cover. We're going to do some NBA here. Sean Devaney coming up. Lee Sterling coming up with his picks. Do you have an opinion tonight? The line is, you know, it's a tight line. Uh, I mean, I'm rooting for the Jets. My team is still live in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. It, it is week four of the NFL. It's October the 1st. And you're done with your team. Completely. No, I love my team. I'll never give up on my team. I'm you giving just want up them to have Trevor year. Lawrence. They, they can't go anywhere this year. It's apparent. Cortland Sutton done. Von Miller is done. Casey's done in the middle of that lineup. Uh, Drew Locke is still out. Philip Lindsay is banged up. Um, who else are they missing? They're missing some other dudes. That um, I mean, not Bradley Chubb is still coming back. Oh no! By the way, the Chiefs reside in that division. For the sake of competitiveness in the in the AFC, I hope Trevor Lawrence finds his way to Denver because Patrick <laughs> Mahomes is going to own that division for twelve more years. You still got Noah Fant. Jerry Judy. Jerry Fant's emerging. Melvin no, Gordon. No, Fant has emerged. Jerry yeah. Judy needs... Melvin Gordon's been awful. Gordon's been terrible. Lost a couple of steps. Yeah. And no Philip Lindsay is, a, is the backup. He may play... I don't know if he's going to play tonight or not. But you're, you're rooting for Bortles. I mean, I know Ripken's going to get the start, <laughs> but you want to see Bortles. Is he going to be active tonight? No, he won't be active. I'm actually looking forward to seeing this kid. Boise State's Brett yeah. Rippin play. He wasn't bad in release Nephew the other day. of Mark Rippin? Nephew of Mark, yes. Yeah. Nephew of Mark Rippin. And was good at Boise State. Not he that was. that means anything. They're all good. Yeah. Jared Zabransky was good. Yeah. Uh, Kellen Moore. Yeah. The lefty. <laughs> uh, anyways, we'll take a timeout. Basketball conversation coming up next. Lee Sterling with his picks, Paramount Sports. We'll talk to Lee in about 25 minutes. Look forward to that on a weekly basis. John Bonecamp, Ben Kirchval, and Miller and Condon with you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.0. Iowa.org. People are- Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and now on 106.3 FM. This is KXNO. Hi, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. It's about 10.30 on a Thursday morning. Lee Sterling coming up in 15, 20 minutes or thereabouts. ParamountSports.com right now. Sean Devaney, Forbes Sports. He's covered the NBA for decades. He's back with us. The Lakers are up one game to nothing. Sean, Trent Condon, Ken Miller in Des Moines, thank you for uh, coming back on with us here. Boy, uh, Trent and I were feeling pretty good about our upset call that Miami's going <laughs> to give the Lakers all they want. Uh, feeling pretty good seven minutes into that basketball game. Sadly, it's a 48-minute Fair. Uh, I think we were just trying to outthink ourselves, Sean. Uh, boy, the Lakers looked good last night. Yeah, they really did. And and uh, you know you got to give credit to the Heat for for what they've done to this point and the way they've come together uh, as a team in the bubble. You know, probably they've done that better than any other team. You know, as far as where they were and and and, and what happened to them. Uh, over the course of uh, uh, the hiatus from 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 the coronavirus, and then 
uh, coming to the bubble and just really becoming a better team, becoming a different team than they were. Uh, so I, 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 I'm with you on uh, on seeing them maybe give the Lakers more of a challenge than what they've had to this point. Uh, but really, things could not have gone much worse for the Heat uh, throughout the course of last night. Besides, like you say, uh, when they're up 23-10 in the uh, uh, in the first seven minutes of that game, um, you know that it, it, once the Lakers. Uh, really started to turn things on once they started to get out and run. That's such a big key for the Lakers. Um, you know, there's, there's, there was just nothing Miami seemed to be able to do. And then you pile on the injuries uh, now on top of that, and this is uh, uh, this is looking like a pretty dire situation for the Heat. It certainly does, and you hate to one game in already throw dirt on a team, but feels like we're heading that direction. If a miracle happens and the Heat are able to get back and make this a competitive series. One guy I mentioned, Kelly Olynyk. They got to be able to have somebody that can do anything at all against AD. Maybe a little Myers Leonard. Is there anything defensive they can do to slow down Anthony Davis? Yeah, I mean, you know, even even before Bam Adebayo got hurt, uh, he was not playing well, and and he was certainly not doing a whole lot to contain Anthony Davis. Uh, so I think even if even if Bam is okay going forward with that with with that shoulder injury, uh, you know, it, it really wouldn't matter. You know, they they need to find another answer for uh, for Anthony Davis, and and uh, uh, certainly trying to put some more length on him. Uh, is something that they can try, you know, and, and that's where Myers Leonard would come in. Uh, he was the starter for that team, and obviously they started to uh, shift that when they got Jay Crowder and, and, and went small. Um, you know, I think that maybe going big at least gives them uh, a little bit of a different look, something else to try because uh, what they were trying against Anthony Davis, and he was getting everything that he wanted, you know, whether whether it was from the perimeter, uh, whether it was in the post and transition, you know, he was he was pretty much doing what he wanted, uh, and uh, you know, even with that, when when Adebayo was out there, uh, it wasn't working for the Heat, so uh, they're gonna have to try some different things. Uh, you know, their zone defense has been very effective against other teams in the Eastern Conference. Did not seem to be very effective. Uh, last night, I wonder if uh, when Eric Spolster goes back to the drawing mm. board, if there are tweaks he makes to the zone or if he just scraps it all together. Yeah, I hope they do something to make this competitive. It certainly didn't. Uh, it wasn't last night. I want to ask you about Jimmy Butler because, you know, regionally where we here in Des Moines, we get a lot of Bulls. The G League team for the for the Wolves is downtown Des Moines, so they're, uh, they're regional as well. And Jimmy Butler seemed, at least perception-wise, to be somewhat of a malcontent, whether that was right or wrong. we I get the sense that, you know, it was Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler. Just They just, you know, they, they didn't work out for whatever reason. One of them had to go. I'm really been impressed with Jimmy Butler. His leadership, I mean, he seems to be one of these guys that, yes, he's going to light a fire under your you-know-what if he thinks that you're slacking a little bit. But he's been he's been somewhat of a revelation in these playoffs to me anyways. Yeah, this has been a, a little bit of a redemption tour for him uh, because he's been run out of town uh, at least in two places, you know, in, in Chicago um, you know, where he didn't really fit with, with what they were doing in terms of the rebuilding. Uh, he didn't really fit with management, uh, coach, you know, everything just seemed to go wrong. Uh, and then he goes to, uh, to Minnesota. Uh, and there it wasn't so much the coach. It was Tom Thibodeau who, uh, you know, he has a good relationship from, uh, from, from when they started together in Chicago. Uh, there it was more, uh, the young players and sort of their approach and their attitude. Uh, you, you know, with, with Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony, Andrew Wiggins, probably yeah. the bigger problem there. Uh, but, 
uh, you know, it, it started to look like, well, if, if Jimmy Butler is getting run out of all these places, maybe the problem is Jimmy Butler. Uh, but now you can kind of look back and, and you see where the Bulls are. They're a mess. You see where the Timberwolves are. They're a mess. Uh, and, and, and even the Sixers, who decided not to keep him last summer, uh, decided to let him uh, go somewhere else so they could re-sign Tobias Harris. The Sixers are a mess. So, mm-hmm. you know, you look at the places that he's left, and you start to say, well, wait a minute, maybe it wasn't his fault all along here. Maybe, you know, some of these teams, uh, you know, are, are a mess without him. Uh, and, and we see, you know, when he gets into an organization that's, that's pretty buttoned up, that has a strong leader in, in Pat Riley and has a strong coach in Eric Spolster, uh, all of a sudden, uh, you know, things look much different for Jimmy Butler. So maybe the problem all this time wasn't Jimmy Butler after all. Yeah, it certainly seems like it. Sean Devaney from Forbes Sports. Sean, uh, since we uh, brought up Carl uh, Anthony Towns, we've been talking about him. Are you hearing anything? There's whispers. I mean, it's online. You don't know what's right and what's wrong. But seemingly there's some whispers that he might want out of Minnesota. And they seem to be building around him. What do you, What do you, if anything, you hearing on Carl Anthony Towns? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there, uh, obviously you don't like to see the fact that, you know, a, a small market team with a, with a big-time player uh, could be in a, in a position to lose that guy. And, and the reason, uh, you know, obviously you'd like to see them be able to build and, and, and build a contender or at least build a consistent playoff team uh, around him. But the reason that, that, that we all sort of jump to that conclusion is we've just seen it time and time again. You know, Anthony Davis being the latest example, but certainly not the only one. You know, Kevin Durant uh, before him was uh, – uh, was was a prime example. Uh, of course, LeBron leaving uh, uh, Cleveland the first time all the way back in 2010. So, you know, it's been a decade where we've been seeing this happen over and over again. Uh, we're watching it perhaps with Milwaukee. We'll see what happens with Giannis Antetokounmpo there. Uh, but it's something that just comes up over and over. And so, you know, a guy gets into the, so you have your rookie contract and you get that first big contract. And, and when you get near the end of that first big contract, that's when, uh, you know, you're seven or eight years in with, uh, uh, with the same franchise. And that's when this kind of thing comes up. And, uh, so it's not a surprise that it comes up just based on the fact that we've seen it so many times in other places. Uh, but then you look at the Timberwolves situation where they just haven't done anything except one playoff season. Um, you know, he doesn't seem to be improving much as a player. Uh, that, uh, uh, you know, it, it would make sense for him to, to say, well, it's not my fault, it's the organization's fault, let me find somewhere else to go. It's just something that we've seen over and over again. Now, as far as whether it's actually going to happen, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think we're still a little ways out on that. Uh, I don't think that, that, that he's yet putting pressure on the organization, not from what I've heard, uh, but, but, but that's something that uh, uh, that could be bubbling and that that could happen. You could start to see that pressure come up uh, soon where, where he kind of uh, nudges the organization to start looking uh, for uh, uh, for trade deals for him. Anthony Davis feels like he's been a big part of our life for a long time. He's still just 27. <laughs> LeBron yeah. is 36, but his 36 different. That play, even as time expired at the end of the half, was one of the most ridiculous yeah. plays I can remember in a long time in an NBA Finals. It's looking to the future of the Lakers and this run and what they can do. Davis resigns. LeBron still is going to cost a lot of money. The future of this organization and what they can be together, these two guys, for the next three, four, five years. Well, I think that what you're probably going to see is them continue to 
angle themselves toward uh, the next summer, toward the summer of 2021. So we'll have whatever you want to call this offseason, you know, <laughs> the winter of 2020, whenever we were, we were actually dealing with free agency this year, uh, and then whenever next offseason is. Uh, you know, that's when Anthony Davis, uh, uh, you know, he, he should be locked up then. They could do a one-year deal or whatever. You know, something that will keep them, uh, give them some cap space. The bronze contract will be up. They'll have pretty much a clean cap uh, situation. And that's when you're going to have Bradley Beal should be available. Uh, Giannis will be available, uh, depending on what happens with him in Milwaukee. Uh, you know, maybe even a guy like Gordon Hayward. You know, they'll have some opportunities uh, to bring in somebody else uh, at the end of 2021. I think that's been the plan all along. They've been very careful not to sign players uh, who are going to eat into that that, that, that cap space. Um, you know, that's one of the reasons they've been considering trading Kyle Kuzma. They don't want to give him a contract that's going to that's going to eat into that cap space uh, because they think they can get another young youngish free agent, somebody who's more in line with Anthony Davis age wise, uh, and then ha- and have that sort of be the transition. So you're going to have LeBron and Anthony Davis for one more year, and then you can probably bring in a third guy uh, as long uh, as LeBron, you know, eventually begins to fade toward retirement. Uh, so I think that's the plan with them. And and you know, when you look at it. If they get the right guy, that could be a dangerous group for uh, you know for another five six years, even after LeBron is retired. Uh, did the Bulls get the right guys as far as demand their bench and Billy Donovan? I'm surprised that that Billy Donovan took that job. To be honest with you, because you know just just that the front office is still it, it's still a question mark. Obviously, uh, you know new blood in there, but but you just don't know. Um, you know, and 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 as far as the talent goes. Uh, you know, we've seen these guys really struggle to uh, to get together to to play to their potential. Uh, you know, Billy Donovan had 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 some better options, frankly, if you ask me. Uh, but I think the lure of coaching in Chicago, coaching the Bulls, and and sort of the history of that franchise uh, it helped to draw him there. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, this is this is a big win for the Bulls. You know, he he was definitely the best guy available. So um, you know, if you're the Bulls, then then you've got to be happy to have a guy who a can develop young players and B, can get them to win once he does develop them. Uh, you know, to have a guy who can do both of those things is, is tough to find in the NBA. Big picture question for you. I, I'm T-Wolves fan. They feel like they don't ever have a shot. <laughs> Think of teams like the Sacramento Kings and on and on, and there's a lot of these organizations. The NFL parity reigns in that league. Major League Baseball has done a much better job of that Saw Kansas City win a World Series, and it seems like everybody, as long as you rebuild the right way, you get a shot. It doesn't feel like that in the NBA. Can anything be done about that? You know, the league has tried. You know, to go back to 2005, uh, the, the collective bargaining agreement that year, uh, and, and even before that, but especially 2005 and then the lockout in 2011. So that that was two of the two of the big goals of of of, of what the NBA has been trying to drive at uh, is finding ways to create parity. Uh, now the things they've tried haven't worked. You know this whole supermax thing, uh, which you know for a guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo was designed to ensure that there's no way he would leave Milwaukee. You know because mm-hmm. he can make so much more money. Uh, but uh, but what what the league has found is that it just hasn't worked. You know it just it, the, the, the the league has tried to find different ways. Uh, to ensure that, but eventually players are going to have to come to free agency, and they're going to have to make choices. And uh, and 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 once they make those choices, they're not choosing to go to the uh, to the small market. And because the NBA, uh, you know, is twelve guys, and really you're only going to play, you know, seven or eight of those guys, such a limited number of star players. 
uh, that you know if 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 you're a star player and you're in a small market, so if your star player decides to leave. There's just really very little you can do uh, to bounce back from that. And, and you know, I, like I said, the league has tried to address it and tried to address it. It's just uh, it's something that is, has remained a, a consistent problem. As long as there's free agency and as long as there's a limited number of, of top-tier players who can really win you a championship, uh, it's, it's just going to be something that the league deals with. Sean, last thing. Uh, what was your prediction prior to the series and after what you saw last night? Uh, would you like to uh, redo yeah, I had Lakers in six. You know, I did think that that the uh, uh, that the Heat could give them a uh, a bit of a challenge. I still think Miami gets a game somewhere in there. So. I think Miami's you know they've got some guts, they've got some uh, some pride. Uh, so I think they get a game, uh, and uh, and we'll go Lakers in five. Uh, you know, especially man, you know, it's just hard to see. Even if even if Goran Dragic plays on that bad foot, mm-hmm. he's not going to be a hundred percent, and and they need him. They just such a thin margin of error for them. So. Uh, yeah, I think I think uh, uh, Lakers in five. Good stuff, Sean. Listen, thanks for what you've done through us the, through the playoff run with the resumption of uh, NBA basketball. We really appreciate it, Sean Devaney. Thank you. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Good to talk to you, Sean Devaney. ForbesSports.com. Uh, Jason Benetti has just re-upped with ESPN. He's still going to do the White Sox, uh-huh. but he's... ESPN's guy. Great. Yeah, I'm a big fan, Trent. I'm a big fan of him. Calls a good game. Yep, he's got a great voice. Self-defecating. Yes. fun. And he's a bright guy. Really quick. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Really quick. Him and Stoney have good chemistry. Great on basketball, college hoops. He does a wonderful job on that. Bill Walton and him in Maui. Right. That was great. Oh, man. None of that this year, though. No, no. There's a lot of tournaments. Northern Iowa lost theirs. Where were they going? They were going to the Paradise Jam, I believe. That's been scrapped for the year, right? And you wonder. I know Kansas State was involved. Well, all right. Can we get... Even if you and I have to go down heard, to Kansas City, yeah, I'm trying. I haven't heard a peep anything. It was a couple of weeks now. The bubble, since, yeah, yeah, since the tournament. Well, I, I told you, I've read multiple national articles about it. They mentioned cities all across the country. Yeah. Des Moines has never mentioned in any of the national. Right. Vegas wants one. Oh, of course, big time. Yeah, uh, Duke's going to hold their own. They're not going to. Uh, where were they going to? Um... They're, well, they're supposed to go to South Dakota. South Dakota, right? Yeah. They're, after they're uh, was a battle for Atlantis was called off. Uh huh. The seven other teams are going to go there. You know, Iowa was scheduled to play in South Dakota. Could they complete the field? I know there's already a Big Ten team in the field, but there's every year where you can allow two teams yeah. from the same conference in an exempt tournament. This would be the year. So I did Hog Central last night. Mm-hmm. And just spitballing, we were talking college basketball a little bit and what it's going to look like. You know, There was a proposal from somebody in the Big Ten to play double round robin 26 games. You basically have one non-conference game. Coaches said, all right, that's a little much here. Too bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to have seen it. 20 is going to be probably what they're going to uh-huh. end up with as they've been the last couple of seasons. But I got to thinking about this. All right, if you are still going to have a Big Ten tournament and you're going to have 14 teams make their way to whatever city you ultimately put it in, wouldn't it make more sense to, at the very least, all right, you're going to have to quarantine for a few days, you're going to have to test, you do all that, make it a double elimination tournament? Instead of playing over five days, played over a week and a half, played over two weeks. Why not? This is the season to do that. You lose in the first round, don't worry. You come through the backside and have to double dip a team in the championship. Yes, yes, give me the weirdness. Give me the goofiness here. I love double elimination tournaments as a kid. Yes, yes. You got a chance. Yeah, you do. It's not a loser's loser's bracket, of course. It's a bracket of opportunity. Right. Uh, 
Lee Sterling is going to give us an opportunity to pick his brain next. ParamountSports.com. He'd been off to a great start. Kind of... Uh, tripped up a little bit last week, yeah, but that's yeah. going to happen. It's, it's going to happen. Happens to the best of us, as I know. Indeed. Well, did you get out last night? Not get out, but did you? I did a- well in baseball did yesterday, you? and I had a ridiculous four-team parlay. Bet uh, two bucks to win one hundred and eighty, and it was instead of just taking run lines or money lines, but adding a little bit extra. So the Astros I took to minus one and a half, got the cover there. Mm-hmm. I had the Marlins minus one and a half, got the win there. And it came down to Cleveland Yankees last night. Maybe that's why I was a little upset, too. <laughs> Would have been just one of those absolute lottery ticket type of bets. Came down to that. But not only did the Indians need to win, they had to win. I had a minus two and a half. So when you play around with that, I mean, you could take a little into a whole lot in baseball because those lines go from minus 110, whatever it is. You're getting plus 280, parlayed a few of those together. Well, you know with horse racing just how quickly that money can add up. Indeed. Uh, re- real quick. Um we haven't talked about the Reds and the Braves, and that was an unbelievable baseball game. The Reds had so many chances. Bases loaded in the 10th, mm-hmm. first and third in the 12th, bases loaded in the 13th inning. Couldn't score a run. Early in the game, I mean, we were sitting here watching mm-hmm. the first inning of the game. They stranded guys in inning number one. All the strikeouts in that game, Trevor Bauer doing his Connor McGregor walking off the bump. <laughs> and Freddie Freeman, he was asked about it after the game. What was that? What were the, uh, was there chirping in the dugout? No, he says when a guy's got that kind of stuff, just let him do what he wants to do. Tip your cap to him. And we get that one game two coming up here in about 15 minutes. I hope that the Reds have something. I mean, that had to be demoralizing. Yes. They seemingly let one get away. We'll talk to Lee Sterling next. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 010's net. Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Our final segment of the first hour. It's time for our friend Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. He joins us at this time each and every Thursday. We go over a slate of games and his game of the week at the end of it and how you can get more information and join up with ParamountSports.com. Lee, great to talk to you as always. Lee Sterling, how are things? Well, um, rough. <laughs> Felt like I got run over by a truck, or was it LeBron James being a Miami Heat fan last night? So that was rough, and uh, now we looks like we lost Goran Dragic for the series. So it was a great run, but uh, sometimes all all great things must must come to an end. And then yesterday, for about six hours, we lost power in our building. Building got hit by lightning. It's like the third time it's happened in the twenty six years I've been here, and we lost. Uh, Power, internet, phones, uh, sat- satellite TV. Mm. <laughs> uh, just came back on late last night. So at least it didn't happen on a Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. Yeah, or even a Sunday, too. I'm with right, you. I hate right. to be without football. <laughs> uh, but I think you're a, you're a Hurricane fan. Is, is, I mean, the U looks as though I'm not all the way back, but they're certainly better right. than they've been. Well, as I've always said, a quarterback can mask a lot of weaknesses. That's for sure. Um, I don't think they have a lot of weaknesses. Still, the offensive line isn't great. And they're still building depth, but uh, yeah, I think he's going to be that nice bridge. And uh, it looks like they have a possible top five uh, recruiting class coming in. So as long as you know they can keep it close within fourteen, seventeen points of of Clemson, I would I would call that a win, and that's what we're hoping for here in Miami. 
Let's get into the games this week, Lee, as we uh, look to put together a big week. You got five for us, three in the college game and two in the pros. Let's start. It's a top 10 matchup, but doesn't quite feel like it. Jimbo, he's got to get a signature victory at Texas A&M. They're getting 17 against Alabama. So in the offseason, I'm looking at this game and I'm like, wow, this line's going to be like 10, 11, 12 points. Alabama will be favored. Uh, Texas A&M, the third year, that's usually when Jimbo does his best work. They won the national title the third year at Florida State. He's recruiting. He's got 17 starters coming back. He's got a returning quarterback in Kellen Mond. And then what happens? Guys start opting out. Something, I think, is going on with the program, because we're not talking about first-rounders opting out. We're talking about four starters that are, at best, fourth to seven-round picks. So something, I think, is going on that... Uh, haven't been able to find out about it. And then if you watch their performance against Vanderbilt, not very good. Uh, Kellen Mond really struggled here. Whereas on the other side, Mac Jones looked great for Alabama uh, in their game against Missouri. They were up 35-3 until they called the dogs off. And difference here is I think Texas A&M had a receiver, Jamin Osmond. He was, I mean, dynamic. But without him, they just lack explosion and, and are really inexperienced at the receiver position where Alabama – you know, with Mac Jones throwing the football to wide receivers, Jalen Waddle and Devonta Smith, they can score, they can go 75, 80 yards in a play. And Nick Saban has never lost to a former coach in Texas A&M on a 1-14 against the spread run as an SEC underdog. Alabama 45, Texas A&M 14. Yeesh. Roll Tide! <laughs> they will. Uh, Texas, uh, I don't know how they won the football game. TCU, Max Duggan uh, came in in the second half. They were better. Texas, 13-point favorite hosting TCU. Theme here, next two games, I'm going to discuss no defense. I mean, what Texas did was great, but he did it against uh, Texas Tech. Uh, the, uh, tackling is optional. Recovering onside kicks is optional. Texas D, led by new defensive coordinator Chris Ash, doesn't look any better than last year. Texas Two and eight against the spread as a Big Ten home favorite. Uh, also, uh, TCU rush defense allowed 213 rushing yards last week to Iowa State, worse than their pass defense, but doubt Texas runs more than passes. I think it's a shootout. Texas wins 48 42, but I'm taking TCU in the 13. I think Max Dugan is going to trade points here. Uh, with the Texas offense. Big one in our state as Iowa State welcomes in Oklahoma. Matt Campbell against the number, very successful against the Sooners, has also uh, played, uh, had chance to win it last year and pulled the upset two years ago against Oklahoma. This number at Circa opened up at 12, currently sitting around a touchdown. What do you see with the Cyclones and Sooners? Well, if it's any, if it's half as good as the game last year, um, I think yeah. we will have gotten our money's worth. Uh, you know, after Iowa State lost to Louisiana Lafayette, a lot of people were like, oh, this is going to be a really down year. But I didn't flinch. I actually played Iowa State last week. I thought the win was a little more convincing than the three-point margin because that you know late 31-yard mm-hmm. touchdown passes play uh, expired. But Matt Campbell brought the team together. Uh, they beat TCU on the road. And uh, every year the floodgates open for the Sooner defense. As soon as they have a bad game, they just can't close them. And Brock Purdy... Uh, they were failed two-point conversion away from beating Oklahoma on the road last year. This is Oklahoma Spencer Rattler's first road game, and that's always tough here. And um, uh, but Iowa State here, uh, that three-high safety defense, I think it's going to give Spencer Rattler some problems. He might 
you know, like last week, you know, move the ball, score some points, but also he'll throw some interceptions. And Oklahoma just 10-19 and 19 against the spread since Lincoln Riley ever took over. Everyone's singing his praises, but spread record tells it all here. And Matt Campbell... 4-0 against the spread in the series. I think he moves to 5-0. Oklahoma survives 37-35, but Iowa State covers. We've got 90 seconds and three yep. games left, yep. Lee. Kansas City hosts New England. Chiefs a seven-point favorite coming off Monday night. Let's look at the under. I just think that New England's going to slow down, uh, the run the football, slow down the clock, snap it with one to two seconds to go. They can't trade points. Uh, here with this <laughs> this Kansas City offense and uh, Indianapolis laying two and a half uh, against Chicago. A lot of people fail to realize former Colts head coach Chuck Pagano is defensive coordinator uh, for Chicago here, and uh, just not in love with with uh, Philip Rivers here yet. Just yet here, he's thrown the last two games three touchdowns, three interceptions. I think Chicago rolls twenty eight seventeen. So we'll go with the under. In the Kansas City-New England game, we'll go with Chicago. Getting the two-and-a-half points if they want to get my game of the week. Dallas laying five against Cleveland should be a great game. Call 800-400-9741. And, guys, this is what I'm going to do. It's not October here. It's called Locktober. Hmm. Five weeks of action through Monday, November 2nd. Normally, 497 works out to 100 a week. I'm not making it 397 or 297. 100 and $97 for five weeks of action. ParamountSports.com. Use coupon code SAVE300 or call us here at the office, 800-400-9741. Talk to you in a week, Lee Sterling. Thank you. Thank you. Good to talk to you. ParamountSports.com, Lee Sterling. Hour number two, Miller and Condon coming up next. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.